1: This is the High Stakes Loadout, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Lou Tranquilli, a longtime high-stakes fantasy football player that has won league championships in the FFPC main event and several dynasty leagues as well as the Football Guys Players Championship. He currently sits in 19th place in the 2019 FFPC Main Event, a competition that will award more than $3.1 million in prizes, including an industry record $500,000 grand prize. His career high stakes winnings total well over $70,000. In this episode, we discuss how lineup setting in the Main Event Championship round could be different than the rest of the season, who will pick up the pieces in several shattered wide receiving core around the league, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com/podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools and it supports the podcast channel. Now without further ado, here is $70,000 high stakes fantasy football winner, Lou Tranquilli.
2: Uh on the road of his high-stakes lowdown, a longtime uh high-stakes fantasy football veteran, a uh, guy who ran the uh who ran and owned the uh, BFD fantasy football website for many, many years. No stranger to championship rounds, no stranger to uh, high-stakes fantasy football caches. Lou Tranquilli popping on the lowdown this week. Welcome, man.
3: Dr bulky it is so good to be here thank you it's uh it has been a long time you know i was i was i was actually thinking about it i had your invite i thought about it it has been nearly 20 years of high stakes fantasy football i am crazy i i am amazed how time flies and and all the of all of the great friends that i've made and 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 people like yourself of course dave and alex and uh, and all the the players. I mean, it's just it's really been fun. That's all there is to it. So glad to be here to get today with you, and uh, look forward to the discussion.
2: Yeah, and and well, first of all, we're going to kick it off with you being in 19th place overall in the FFPC main event. Just two weeks to go in that. I know you've, uh, like I said at the top of the show, you've been in your share of championship rounds before. How excited are you being this close to the 500,000 grand, uh, 500,000 dollar grand prize in the FFPC?
3: Well I guess the answer back would be well what kind of question is that I'm excited as hell man yeah <laughs> uh, you know, having started to work uh, at, you know as I, I think I was eleven when I got my first paper out you know earning maybe five bucks an hour there's never a time when uh, five hundred thousand is a small amount of money so it w- it would be it would be wonderful to pull that off and uh, of course I, you know I've looked over the rosters ahead of me and they all look so damn good, and you know, I get get to mine, and I think, well, it looks like it's pretty good. You know, we'll we'll see what happens here. But I've been in enough of them, uh, Eric, that I I, I really I, I'm taking a patient approach to it, and and let's just let's just see what shakes out because a lot of teams, and I guess we'll get into some players in a moment, but a lot of teams had some some I'll say unique players blow up in in uh, the first week of the uh, playoffs. So I'm looking for a little more normalization, I'll say, of the uh, of the fantasy scoring this coming week.
2: Yeah, there were a lot of blow-ups this week. And, and also from an injury standpoint, there was a lot of blowouts uh, with, you know, Paris Campbell, Darius Geis, Mike Evans, Alshon Jeffrey, Marvin Jones, Calvin Ridley. The list goes on and on for um, uh, players that have now been shelved for the season. Do you feel like this championship round this year for the, for the main event, for the Football Guys Players Championship, do you feel like it might be more of an issue of survival rather than performance?
3: You know uh, it's a great question and I, and I have to say that yes is the answer that's the brief answer the longer answer is I, I think fantasy football in general has become a, a, a battle of attrition uh, it's always been that way injuries always throw everything off uh, uh, they just they're they're a constant uh, factor and something that you, you've really got to be uh, I'll say on top of not that you can look forward but you do have to be in front of it from the standpoint of uh, you Better be active on the waiver wire. I will say, uh, and I haven't shared this because, you know, I don't own a, a fantasy advice site any longer, so I really haven't said it to many people, but I am such a strong believer now in in making sure that your kicker and your defense can score you plenty of points. They, they are an active part, and that's why I'm also opposed to those who say the kicker and defense should be gone off of fantasy football starting lineups because they can actually be a, an advantage. And right now, if you mapped it out right, maybe you've lost some depth at the receiver position or like I was I was pretty high on Darius Geis going into the the fantasy playoffs simply because I liked the schedule he was facing. He's gone. I've got to have some way to make that up. And and you're generally not replacing Darius Geis's potential with someone of equal potential. So you better have other places that you can you can plug and play uh, pieces that that can score you decent points and you know young bay uh who of the uh of the atlanta falcons yet last week being a great example a kicker you know guy had almost 20 points well if he got four points out of Geis, but you got 20 out of your kicker it didn't hurt you that bad it you know it's a reverse of what you would have expected it would have been great if Geis had his 20 but you've got to you got to be ahead of these things um if you're going to be a high stakes player i think you really have to you have to be focused on that free agent uh and and also looking ahead uh on some of these I'll say ancillary players or, or positions.
2: Yeah, no question. I, I think that's always a, a talent that some of the most successful high-stakes players, uh, including yourself, have, have been able to do with aplomb uh, over the past you know, 10, 15 years uh, is their ability to look ahead and um, sort of forecast stuff that maybe the, the average um, uh, player doesn't see. Um, let, let's, uh, let's talk about the, the Bengals here briefly because, I, and this is actually going to be a two-part question, the first part of it I want to talk about is obviously there, there's no A.J. Green uh, so far this season. John Ross went on IR early. He is now back, but Auden Tate got placed on IR. The one, con- and I can't believe I'm saying this, the one constant in this offense this year was Tyler Eifert. Is he better off on benches this week or in a tight end premium format? Could he be a, an X factor for anybody trying to move up those leaderboards?
3: Oof! Uh, yeah, I can't believe you're saying that other either. But you also worked a <laughs> plum into the uh, conversation, so you've you're, you've got two good ones in there. Um, no, Eifert, I, I cannot get behind it. It there hasn't been any kind of ex- I'll say explosive production out of him uh, year to date. So no, he he's he's sitting on benches. You're looking for you're looking for players that can that that can make a difference here and it's tight end premium obviously in the in the ffpc and fpc however uh the end has to be of of uh of talent i'll say at this point and obviously tyler Eifert's a far more talented tight end than i am uh however at this point i, I think he's just he's he's a shell of, of of himself he's uh he's a walking dead if you will of tight ends along with guys like vance mcdonald uh uh, OJ Howard, even uh, even Kyle Rudolph, who I know had you know a couple of nice weeks in there, but you never know when the hell to start that guy either. So uh, no, I would not be I would not be hanging my half million dollar uh, uh, chances on Tyler Eifert.
2: All right, so this is the second part of my Bengals question because I noticed on your team that's in the 19th, Bengals, the, yes. the Bengals, yes, um, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 nineteenth place team that you have in the main event right now. I believe you have Tyler Lockett in as a flex, and I noticed that. Joe Mixon and, and Curtis Samuel are, are on your bench. Do you foresee that is the, the lineup that you're going to be trotting out there in week 15 with Lockett over both Samuel and Mixon?
3: That is a very good question, and, and I think it will lead to your next question, actually. However, the answer is, as of this moment, I am, I am thinking explosive points, like truly explosive, the ability for someone to go for 30. Uh, I don't know that Joe Mixon has that ability this week. Uh, it's the Patriots, if I remember correctly, and, I, and I'm pretty good about that. So, uh, yep, it's the Patriots. So this could be a week where I look to to sit Mixon, uh, Curtis Samuel. I would love to trust that guy more. Uh, however, it's just not happening on a consistent basis. So if I if it came down to Lockett or Mixon, as of today, and 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 you know we've got a few days before I have to make the decision. As of today, it's Tyler Lockett. That injury, that compartment syndrome injury to the leg, uh, that was reported, as, is significant. Uh, if you remember a few years back, uh, Hakeem Nicks had that injury. It took him a little while to get going, but he did get going again. So, I think I think Seattle may really need, uh, uh, coming off a loss, pretty ugly loss. I think they're going to need to uh, to score some points against Carolina in Carolina. So, as of now, I lean Lockett. That is um, that is a really close one.
2: As I mentioned earlier in our discussion, a lot of receivers, uh, fantasy difference makers, fantasy starters at receivers for the majority of 2019, a lot of them went down for the season. Uh, Mike Evans, Marvin Jones, Alshon Jeffrey, Calvin Ridley, uh, all going to miss the remainder of the regular season for their respective teams. Is there anyone fantasy worthy on any of those teams as as far as a pass catcher goes for Tampa, Detroit, Philly or Atlanta that might be worth a start in their places right away in week 15?
3: Uh, 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 Eric, I want you to imagine me right now with my hand on top of my head, uh, and just sit, you know, and then hear me say this sucks. I mean, it just sucks. What, what a, you know, what a beating uh, last week was. I, I keep saying it was uh, the dog day afternoon of, uh, of, of football and fantasy football, uh, Tampa Bay. I think the obvious answer is Justin Watson. I, I, I do not. I mean, Breshard Perryman, uh, you know, God bless him if he if he gets it done this week. I I don't see it happening. Okay. However, I will say this: I think uh, Cam Breit, uh may be the beneficiary of of more targets. He scored a touchdown last week. Uh, the guy is he's a good football player. He's a good I should say he's a good receiver. Uh, Bruce Arians, that football is being thrown. That's all there is to it. They're they're not going to worry about whether Jameis Winston's thumb is hurt. Uh, so someone is going to catch passes, passes. Justin Watson would be the first guy. However, if if you do need to take a shot on a tight end uh, in a in a tight end premium league, I, I would go Cam Break before I would go to say Tyler Eifert if I had that option. So uh, I think Bray in Tampa, uh, you know, in Detroit, it it really I mean it is thin at this point. Uh, I'm I'm. I don't want to get it wrong, but I believe Marvin Hall is is still on their active ro- roster. I, I, that is possible that he's on there. Uh, I haven't checked in a little while, but assuming he is, that's a, that's a, a name to keep in mind. However, again, if you're if you're going for it, this is going to be a tough spot to, to start anyone uh, who isn't uh, Kenny Galladay over there. Maybe Jesse James uh, gets a, gets a look or two more, but uh, Detroit is really thin. Uh, Philly. Uh, I'm going to say uh, there's no one. There really isn't anyone that I would, I would be in a hurry to, to put on the field. Uh, watch Carson Wentz play. I have a dynasty league where he's the quarterback. Uh, the guy throws a great football. Uh, it just does not seem to go into enough receivers' hands. And Dallas Goddard doesn't count because a lot of people are starting him already. Atlanta might be your one spot where you've got uh, Russell Gage, who, who's looked really good at times. Uh, you've got Austin Hooper back there. So I'm plugging him into lineups and leaving him there. Uh, but but uh, Gage would be, to me, the most viable of any of the people uh, that I just uh, I just mentioned.
2: Yeah, I, I and, and I think you're dead on with that. I, think, I definitely think you're dead on with Philadelphia, too, after what we saw uh, on Monday Night Football, where they were down to one receiver or whatever it was. Uh, it was just crazy. There's there's just there's just no one there.
4: Before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame it on ourselves by saying something like, I lost my mojo. We have different excuses from time to time. But with Roman, it's really simple and easy to talk about. They have read doctors who can prescribe read medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the privacy and comfort of your own home. The doctor will work with you for the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate roman will ship it to your door with free two day shipping the whole process is straightforward simple and discreet as i mentioned previously and of course getting started is simple just go to getromancom roman.com blue wire and complete an online visit erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle but now there's roman go on today and complete that online visit and connect with the doctor and get the best steps to take care of it once again, just go to GetRoman.com forward slash Blue Wire to get a free online visit today with free two-day shipping. That's Roman.com slash BlueWire. Once again, Roman.com slash BlueWire.
2: Okay, so you're looking at this. You probably want
3: Matt Collins back from, yeah, the, uh, from, from the, the Dolphins, Dolphins right, sir. Now, right Yeah, right?
2: <laughs> He'd look pretty good. He'd look pretty good lining yeah, up on sure the would. outside. Um, there's a lot of teams that are going to be chasing points and, and trying to make up ground on these championship leaderboards over the next couple of weeks. Um, At the time of this recording, which is uh, Wednesday afternoon, uh, Daniel Jones has shed his walking boot. He practiced with the twos today. Uh, Eli Manning once again with the one. So it it looks like Manning might make another start this week. How crazy is it for anybody who's who's trying to shoot for the moon and, and be explosive to start either Ryan Fitzpatrick, Eli Manning or Ryan Tannehill this week?
3: Well, I mean, I'll start with the last guy, Tannehill. I don't think there's anything at this point crazy about Tannehill and starting him. Uh, He has Houston. Uh, It's a good matchup for the quarterback, a good matchup for the wide receivers. A.J. Brown is obviously taking control of the wide receiver uh, targets there. And and, uh, I happen to like Johnny Smith a lot at tight end. Uh, Houston started off the year pretty good against the tight end and not so good any longer. You won't get anything uh, from a pass catching standpoint out of the running backs with the Titans. So I think you have concentrated targets. Tannehill is using them well. You know, Tannehill uh, took a real beating in, in Miami. Uh, everyone took a real beating in Miami. Uh, so this, I believe, you're seeing the talented team around the guy that has enough talent to use it. So it, he's not he he's not an Aaron Rodgers. We all know that. That's stating the obvious. However, he is athletic. You're seeing it with his feet. He's running around, getting fantasy points. Uh, the guy's the guy's a good player. Um, so I think they've got the right uh, mixture of a team around Ryan Tannehill. So I don't think it's crazy at all. As a matter of fact, I will be using him likely over Matt Ryan this week. Uh, I will be taking that, that chance. Now, uh, Fitzpatrick, a little bit different. We don't we aren't penalized for interceptions uh, with FFPC scoring, which I am in agreement with. And uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't care about anyway. He he could be without Devontae Parker. Now, uh, Isaiah Ford uh, and I did check on Detroit, by the way. I don't see Marvin Hall on there. But but Isaiah Ford is on the Dolphins. That guy is pretty good. Uh, Matt Waldman had uh, uh, some some good things to say about him as he came out of college. uh, if, If you're a fan of Matt Waldman. So. It could be an opportunity. Ryan Fitzpatrick just doesn't care. It, he just does not care who he's throwing the football to. He is throwing the football. So uh, he would be the second option there. Eli, you know, uh, being in, in the New Jersey and New York area, I've watched Eli always thought he handled himself well. At one point, he was a very good quarterback. That point has come and gone. It is Miami. So that uh, that you know breathes some life into the, the possibility of using Eli I wouldn't go there that's that's that's, right or wrong uh Eli is just that's just going you know that's scraping the bottom of the um the barley barrel right there
2: yeah unless you're in some some league that that's like a you know quarterback flex or super super flex or or something like that Uh, I think Eli Manning you could hopefully you have a better uh, option on your roster than than Eli Manning um and you know maybe if you, how do you even get on there well the the only the <laughs> only way you would is if um you know for well i don't even know how you would because at this point rosters <laughs> would waivers have closed rosters have locked and if you had uh, a quarterback go down or, or something like that, you probably wouldn't have rostered Eli Manning as your backup. But who knows? People do crazy things, Lou. Uh, that, that's one thing. <laughs> no, that's one I thing respect I, it. I've learned that <laughs> in my years here. People, uh, people, uh, if, if you think somebody might have done it, somebody probably did do it. Um, let's talk about this championship round. When you are setting your lineups uh, in these, is the process still the same if you were setting a lineup in week one, in week seven, week 10, what have you? Or are you sweating more? Are you thinking more? Are you? Is there more strategy that goes into setting these lineups for these final three weeks of the season?
3: It's a great question. I think. All right. So I think there has to be some, some thought to it. uh, In the way of of the season is different now. The the FFPC and FPC seasons are eleven weeks to get you to the to the league playoffs. So that's still a shortened regular season. However, there there's there's just more time, if you will, to make it up. This this is a sprint. These are lottery tickets, if you will. Uh, the answer is from the standpoint of looking at who is more explosive. I, I answered that before Lockett versus Mixon. Uh, the matchup, two very good players. The matchup dictates that Lockett would be the I'll say the more logical player because I am going after a five hundred thousand dollar win. I'm not going after a league prize that's, say, eleven and 10, nine weeks away. Uh, so there is some additional process to it from a sweating standpoint, uh, I'll say no only because generally speaking, I will just select the best football player to put, put in the spot. Uh, um, and, and again, you're, you're splitting hairs on a lot of these players as the best player. Uh, but a good example, Austin Hooper versus the San Francisco 49ers, or do you, do you take the chance of, uh, uh, Joku versus the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. You know, a guy who's never shown a damn thing uh, looks good in his uniform, but hasn't done much with the numbers. So uh, you really have to sit down and make that decision. Okay, what kind of risk am I willing to take? Because if you really get it wrong, and the better football player, who I believe is Hooper, uh, performs, you, you've left yourself short. So a uh, little bit of a little bit of a long-winded answer. To that I don't sweat the lineup decisions. I just go with what I think is the best player, unless the matchup really dictates a chance for an explosive uh, week.
2: Lou, as we look forward to uh, the 2020 football season, um, there's going to be a lot of changeover uh, with the draft and free agency retirements, what have you, um, with a lot of teams. But there will be some players staying in similar situations. Based on what you've seen in 2019, who do you think could be an interesting sleeper that a lot of people are going to let slip maybe because of a bad season or a down season? Uh, this past year uh, and then uh, given um, somebody some of the studs some of the people that have led people to the promised land this year what do you think might be overvalued in drafts next year is it, it and either of those is any are any names coming to mind is anybody sticking out there
3: well you know when I when I think sleeper I I, I start digging what I think is a little bit deeper and this this may be uh, not deep enough uh, but uh, you know Justice Hill was a running back uh, came into the league uh, I'll say he was one-dimensional coming out of college, and I'm not a big college football fan. Uh, however, just in watching him, he's just a speed merchant, and uh, that, that team is, is now being built on speed. I, I think Justin, Justice Hill is a guy in Baltimore that uh, will, will pass a, a Gus Edwards on the, on the depth chart. Uh, I don't know that they'll be in a big hurry to get rid of Ingram. He signed for a couple of years. Uh, he's performed well. He's a veteran. He can teach the kid how to play. But I think uh, if I could go out and get Justice Hill right now, he would be one. Uh, you know, And sticking with the rookies as the sleepers uh, going into next year, I really like – I think Washington is a place where uh, it's been a dead zone for the most part in fantasy football. Uh, as much as I like what I see out of Terry McLaurin, I'm going with another rookie, Kelvin Harmon. Uh, Sixth-round pick, generally speaking, that's not the place where you're looking for – starting wide receivers uh they tend to be more of uh of a uh oh, special teams guy i like what i see out of kelvin Harmon, and i'm not sure you know why he was a sixth round pick other than he's not super fast he does all the technical things right including by the way catching the football which seems to be a you know first requisite for uh uh for being a wide receiver in the nfl those are two young sleepers, uh, overvalued guys. I think Austin Eckler is going to be one, one of the overvalued guys. Um, uh, he, he has done the, the same thing over and over again. He's a really good player when they give him limited touches. You know, he had, he had a hundred yards receiving and rushing on 12 touches last week. Now I might make the argument that it's because, uh, Jacksonville forgot to get off the bus or, or, or at least, you know, left their defense on the bus but 12 touches uh, uh, to get 200 yards. I, I don't think that happens again, and I think he becomes overvalued. Uh, he's, he, he is a player that, with limited touches, does his best work, and that uh, I, I'm thinking that fantasy football owners will, will overvalue him. The other guy, uh, and this, I'll give you a really, truly big name, I think Michael Thomas will be uh, grossly overvalued uh, next year. Uh, I know what he's doing this year. It's, it's impressive. He's just, I mean, he's a target hog in new Orleans. Not sure how that changes. Uh, Now is the time I might be looking to uh, hit the eject button on Thomas uh, in dynasty formats. Uh, I just, I I don't know that the the entire league will allow this to go on again uh, in, in 2020. You you know, speaking of Dynasty,
2: you play a significant amount of, of Dynasty Leagues. You mentioned Washington uh, just briefly there. Let's talk uh, about their backfield, uh, specifically Darius Geis. This is a guy that was, I don't want to say consensus 102 in rookie drafts a couple of years ago, but he's been plagued with, with some pretty bad knee injuries uh, ever since then, including one he just sustained this past Sunday that put him on IR. What's the correct thing to be doing with him right now? Are Should you be buying low? Should you be... Um, selling low, uh, I guess, as it were right now, Um, or or would you be holding on to him to see what happens uh, in in the offseason and and then the early part of the 2020 year?
3: Now, don't forget they drafted uh, Bryce Love out of Stanford, who who a lot of people loved uh, a couple of years ago, thinking that he could be uh, a a workhorse back as well. So there will be some competition there. I don't know that it will be Adrian Peterson again next year. So, uh, to answer directly, I'll, I'll give you three three thoughts on Geis. I really like what I've seen in the limited time that I've seen him run uh, on the NFL field. I would buy him for two second round picks. I would sell him for a one and a two. And if I couldn't get that for him, then I'd hold on to him. Is that is that a is that a uh, satisfactory answer because i'll be more direct if you want that so. is
2: about the most specific answer i think i've ever gotten on any kind of dynasty value question ever that's it's, <laughs> it's like you just it's like i i, I just asked a, a trade machine like one of those uh, online trade machines uh what's the fair value here and uh you you gave me the the buy the the sell that that is uh, exactly what i was looking for there and now i have to uh i only own geist in one league so I'll have to extend the offers uh, in that league and then uh, maybe throw uh, some offers out to acquire him in some other leagues I don't have him in. But that's good stuff. All right. And, and, no, and, and,
3: and Bryce like Love, him.
2: too, by the way, um, that's another dude who's had a lot of knee issues uh, his, his final year at Stanford and then obviously did, did not play this season. Um, a lot of talent in that Washington backfield. You're right, there's going to be a lot of competition, but maybe it's just going to be who, who's ever you know, uh, standing up uh, is going to be the guy there next
3: <laughs> Literally, uh, lower leg injuries for uh, skill position players. I learned this uh, a long time ago from uh, from my guy Chris uh, Coleman, who was the BFD injury analyst. Lower leg injuries. I mean, they just sap uh, the 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 speed, the quickness, the explosion. Geis uh, seems to have recovered. Just again, in the brief uh, uh, visuals that we've had of him, I would t- take the risk for two twos I, I would do that even a deep class uh you've already got an nfl drafted player he's shown flashes uh he hasn't stayed on the field but uh with that said for two twos i think I, I think that's a good risk and if someone's selling them for that it's because uh they may have enough depth on their roster to say you know what i like what's coming here in the 2020 draft uh give me those you know second round picks and and i'll i'll grab them so um i'd buy him for that for sure
2: Lou, as you look back on this season, as, as you know, there's only two weeks left. What's what's your biggest regret? What's one thing that you would have done differently? Not only just for this main event team, um, but your teams in general, as far as drafting, uh, bidding, uh, tr- maybe potential trades and dynasty in your dynasty leagues. Do you have a big regret this year, or or, or did did you know the the decisions you make uh, were they largely inconsequential as far as how your season went?
3: Uh, there's always a consequence, and and uh, and I will give you two players that uh, I I just I want to how's this I want to take the chair that I'm sitting on I want to throw it out the 27th floor window of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the hotel I'm at right now. Uh, Darren Waller and Austin Hooper. I identified those two players early in the preseason, and I drafted them everywhere when I, when I did any early drafts, which I have, I've started to do more early drafts. Uh, I I was opposed to it, but, but I, I started to do them. I was drafting Hooper. I was drafting Waller. It was all based on the coaching, uh, you know, who, who was running the show for their offenses. Uh, and, and you know, uh, those are two that I got really, really right. But as the preseason goes along and, and I gain ownership, uh, shares of these two players more and more, I I start to fade players. And I'm really annoyed with myself, especially the team that's in 19th right now. I'm I'm going back and forth between John New Smith and Joku now as the the tight end. So what I'm getting at is that uh, either one of these players would look awfully nice on that roster right now. And I didn't do it because I drafted it later uh, or closer, I'll say, to the start of the season. Had I just Stuck with the with the plan and and with uh, what I believe in, uh, which I'm I'm a big believer in the coaching and, of course, talent. Uh, Those two things, I think, were together with these two players. Uh, So the regret is not drafting them literally on every single team. And and uh, when I say drafting them, I mean both of them on every single team
2: um i, I want to explore that a little bit you originally you said you were opposed to drafting early you didn't like it it's it's not something that you wanted to do you did it a little bit more this year and you said you're going to do it more next year what what changed what what was the thought process there and what changed is as, as far as your attitude towards drafting early in the season
3: Um uh, there's there's a, a, a i'll say the process in in my head of getting started with fantasy football uh really is august however uh because of dynasty which which I encourage those who've even thought about dynasty to get into it a little bit uh it keep it keeps your brain uh going it keep, you don't atrophy on players or anything else so so the fact that I have these dynasty leagues and you are talking with other players and you're keeping the energy level I won't say the same the same height as the redraft leagues or you know, the championships or whatever or even local leagues but the the uh impact of dynasty on me has been that I'm, I'm staying focused on it all throughout the year uh you know we got a regular job that i have to focus on and uh, consider it an important job so but but the drafting early i just had a really good i'll say feel because that's what it was feel of the players and in, in doing some analysis for uh for the dynasty teams that led me to these two specific players and drafting early i was comfortable doing it and by drafting early i don't do one a week or anything like that it was like you know one one week wait a couple of weeks do another but it, it just kind of uh it, it built up to um to uh to some pretty good drafts overall i had a pretty pretty successful year so far
2: um you've already mentioned some 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 players uh, in the in our conversation uh, about starting of our benching in week 15 is there one player that you think a lot of FFPC players, especially in the championship round, is going to be starting that you think is when when it's all said and done, it was going to be better off being on their benches? And then conversely, a, a player that uh, will be on a lot of benches that you think is is due for a big week 15.
3: This is so hard to answer, Doctor Balky, because. Uh, well, this is listen. Because, I, I don't because, ask because the I'm telling them what to, to do, you. if you will, um, in in to compete with me. Uh, I think uh, Raheem Moser. Uh, who looks pretty good running for the 49ers. I uh, don't think there's another 31-point week this week. I actually think Matt Breida might be the play this week uh, because you you try to get inside of Kyle Shanahan's uh, uh, newly opened-up hat that he's got on the sideline there uh, and figure it out. But I think Mostert is guy that uh, that I, I, I don't expect to have the same week that he had last week. And, and admittedly, I had him in a couple of lineups out of need. A guy that I think could be on benches that may may perform uh, well. A Tyler Boyd, uh, go back to the Bengals where we started. You know what what is there in Cincinnati? I mean, it's not as if I don't believe that they won't complete any passes or they won't move the football at all. Uh, they may take an an awfully awful beating from the uh, from the Patriots. However, uh, garbage time counts for us, so I think Boyd. Is a guy that uh, that actually could outperform the uh, the thought process, if you will, uh, for for uh, week number fifteen.
2: Lou, it's uh, it's been quite a ride for the 2019 season. I know it's been a uh, uh, very exciting for you as uh, these next two weeks will be um, close. Do are are you following the games closely on Sunday, or are you just kind of like, out oh, to hell with it? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch it. Whatever happens is going to happen. How do you usually?
3: Whatever happens is going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I I. I Literally at one o'clock, I'm uh, on East Coast. At one o'clock, when the kickoff started, literally, I was replacing light bulbs outside my house. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, like let me just leave this alone. You know, and, and in all seriousness, the only people that know that I'm 19th right now are you and the other people that are listening. I mean, my my family doesn't know, uh, friends don't know. I'm, I'm not even talking about it. it just I, I've been through enough of them over this 20 years, and and it, it has been a lot. It's, been a lot of fun and I'm always happy for the people that ultimately win. Uh and I would love to be one of them at some point. Uh but it's it's just such a great hobby. It's so much fun that it sitting and watching the games moment by moment, it, it it's actually uh forgive me for putting it this way, it's an annoyance. You know, I I'd I'd rather just go do some things, go out, you know, take a ride, uh whatever, come back, sit down and watch and enjoy uh, whatever is happening, because again, it, it, we get to set the lineups, we get to to make those decisions. Sometimes we get them right, really right. Other times we get them really wrong. We don't get to play the game. You know, we don't we don't know when uh, whomever it is, like last week, is going to get hurt. Uh, just there's no control over that. So just enjoy it while you're getting to, getting to experience it.
2: Yeah, and that, and that's the way to look at it. That's the right way to look at it. I hope the ball bounces your way in all your leagues, especially your your 19th place team in the main event. Uh, and if uh, you have any other light bulbs uh, to replace outside your house, Lou, uh, 1 o'clock p.m. <laughs> on Sunday, we'll, we'll, that's a good time frame for you.
3: Christmas is coming at the Tranquilly house. So, uh, yeah, there'll be some some things to do out there this coming week.
2: Well, dude, uh, I hope you have a enjoyable holiday season, enjoyable rest of your fantasy season. Thanks so much for coming on the show this week.
3: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, and uh, I appreciate everybody taking a listen as well and, uh, and let me talk about this.